Hi everyone, welcome back, or I guess if you're a new listener, welcome to the It's Gonna Be Okay Baby podcast. We're at episode three. Can you believe it? We're live from New York. Just kidding. I wish that was the case, but I'm actually still stuck at home in Trumpy Paradise, which makes me want to sob. But you know what I saw the other day on my bike ride that made me happy? Well, one of my neighbors has finally taken down their humongous, and I cannot exaggerate enough, humongous MAGA flag that was sitting on their front porch. And honestly, that's a win in my book, ladies. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to the news ever since Biden became president-elect and ever since sort of the media declared that the election was over. And I don't know like where Trump is at in terms of his concession process, but maybe we're finally hitting a turning point where, at the very least, Trump supporters are starting to back down and accept the results. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe my neighbor is just like embarrassed to have that flag up and who God knows what they're going to put up next. Maybe it's going to be like, you know, recount the vote flag. Either way, um, I'm excited that I got to see that on my bike ride. That was a nice little, um, that was a nice little win, I guess you could call it. Uh, Either way, let's get right into today's episode, which has nothing to do about Trump, um, and it's going to actually be all about words that start with the letter S. And in particular, I'm going to start off by shedding light on my relationship with skincare, which I know absolutely everyone has been dying to hear about, and when I say absolutely everyone, I actually mean no one. All right. In fact, I made an Instagram story a while back. I think it was like on Halloween or some shit that was about my skincare skincare routine. And based on the responses that I got from it, I'm pretty sure people were basically like, fuck off. Like, absolutely nobody asked you to share this. Nobody cares. Like, you know, keep it to yourself. (laughs) Um, And so on that note, I took none of that to heart. And I was like, you know what? Let's talk about my journey with skincare and I guess sort of how it began, where it's gone, and I, you know, how I've gotten to where I am now, which, huge spoiler alert, hasn't necessarily resulted in the flawless skin I was hoping it would, but it has resulted in, you know, greater self-confidence and an overall feeling of, of happiness, knowing that at the very least I'm doing all that I can to treat my skin well. And that, that's a good feeling. You know, we want to make sure that we're supporting our body as much as we can because we've only got one, unfortunately. And so without further ado, let's get into sort of how I first started with skincare, what my experiences was like before, I guess, like learning about it um, and sort of what that beginner's process looked like for me. Okay, so before I wanted to begin, I wanted to... But I guess a bit of a disclaimer out there, which seems stupid, but I might as well just say it. Obviously, I am not a licensed dermatologist. That would be super dope if I was. Um, those people probably live a very interesting life, but I'm not. Nor am I, you know, a skin esthetician, I think I said that right. Uh, and so the, the recommendation and the advice and what I talk about may or may not work for you largely because skincare routines are highly dependent on what type of skin you have or what they call like your skin profile, your skin type. 
And for those that aren't fully aware of what that refers to, there are sort of like three main skin types and first being dry, second being normal, and third being oily. Normal, I guess, is it's it's just like a mixture of kind of like dry and oily where like you don't necessarily experience either. You're just you're just kind of in the middle, your skin's just kinda of hanging. And if you do have normal skin, that's amazing because that means you're not having to go and take like extra steps to accommodate for your skin type. But the point being is my skin kind of falls between the line of like normal and dry. And so the products that I use are tailored to accommodate for what my skin needs. And so if you happen to have oilier skin, some of the products that I'll recommend and that I'll, that I'll be talking about later on in the episode might not work for you. And so keep that in mind and definitely do your sort of vigilant research when you're looking at what products to buy because they're not going to work for everyone. Skincare is not like a one size fits all. It's very highly dependent and highly tailored on the ingredients and how they can sort of support your individual skin type. So I feel like I just wanted to put that out there before kind of getting in. But in terms of sort of like how I started or like, you know, what my life looked like before skincare. So luckily I, I was never at the point where I was like a three in one body wash guy type of person. Um, I never reached that low. However, I did not know or care or even like really pay attention to my skin up until I believe I started like honestly like my senior year of college. So prior to that, my routine was non-existent. All I would do is when I would shower, and this is bad, and like looking back, it's like hilarious, but like all I would do when I would shower was I would literally just use a bar of soap and, you know, rub that all around my face and was like, okay, like I cleaned my face, cool. Um, but, and I, and I was a huge culprit. I, I like fell into the trap of like buying that stupid, like St. Ives, like apricot scrub from Walgreens. And I would use that maybe like once a month because I'd be like, ooh, look at me. I'm like putting on a facial, I'm exfoliating. Even though like I had no idea what that meant at the time. And so it was just a huge disaster. I was not taking care of my skin whatsoever. Luckily, I my acne wasn't awful. It was pretty bad in high school, but I guess that's like to be expected amongst everyone because hashtag puberty. But in college, my breakouts weren't disastrous. Um, I think it was largely because I was doing a good job of eating very healthy. And that certainly played a role in kind of like minimizing the amount of breakouts I would have on a, on a normal basis. However, I was doing nothing whatsoever to, you know, support my skin or keep it in a, in a healthy state because I was simply just using a bar of soap. And that is crazy, crazy to think about. But honestly, like, I can't blame myself because I, at the time, like, I just, I wasn't I kind of had like this stupid like preconception of like oh skincare is for girls i was very foolish in that respect um i also like just didn't spend a whole lot of money on i guess like body products like i you know i would just like buy the cheapest like drugstore 
shampoo and conditioner. And like I said, I use bar of soap and, you know, I just wouldn't, I, I never thought that it was important to kind of spend a little bit more on those types of products. Cause like I said, I, I just like, as a guy, as a guy, I was just like, Oh, like we don't need to do that. Like we're fine. Um, and that was extremely foolish. And so, like I said, I kind of began to, I guess, discover skincare in my senior year of college. Um, and it began with, I think I like asked in like my friend's group chat or like someone, someone like said something one time about skincare. And I was like, Hey, like I been hearing more about it been like seeing like threads on Twitter about it. And I was like, where do I begin? Like, how do I start? And I think what someone recommended to me was start off with, you know, a cleanser. Like you absolutely, like the must haves are like a cleanser, a moisturizer, and usually you do want some sort of like exfoliator in there. And so that's where I began. I like went to Target and I went to like the skincare aisle and I was so overwhelmed, even though there like aren't that many products in that section to begin with, but I was just like overwhelmed. I was like reading on the labels and I was like, I have no idea what to buy. And so I started off with, I think the classic like CeraVe foaming facial cleanser, which is good. It's, it's a really cheap product. It's almost, you can find it in almost like every drugstore, CVS, Walgreens, wherever you may be. Um, they definitely have it and it's super affordable and so I bought that I think I bought like a Neutrogena moisturizer that was like it doubled as like a moisturizer and a sunscreen which was cool because I'll, I'll touch on sunscreen a little bit later but that was it was a nice kind of like double effect I guess and then um, I think for the exfoliator actually I don't even know what I got with that I think I might have went for like a toner I think I got like witch hazel which yikes but I don't know I, I just got something so at the time my I guess like my beginning routine like I said was just cleanser so I would do it morning and night you know wash your face when you wake up wash your face before you go to bed I would put on moisturizer right after cleansing and actually I think I would I would cleanse I would use the toner and then I would put on moisturizer to sort of like lock in and uh, sort of retain that hydration, which is huge because one of the, the main benefits of sort of skincare in general is how well it sort of hydrates your face. So if you have like a normal or dry skin profile like I do, one of the biggest things you want to do is you want to try and maintain that sort of moisture balance in your skin profile and in your skin barrier. And the way to do that is by using a moisturizer because it helps to, like I said, it like locks in the moisture after, especially if you're using a toner or a serum, which is sort of designed to, and this is, like I said, this is, this, this is where I get to the part where like I'm trying to explain these things, but I don't even like know how to explain them very well. So, you know, I would recommend watching people who actually know how to talk about this um, a lot of this information that I'm getting, I'm simply retaining it from memory because I watch a ton of skincare videos on YouTube. Specifically, I, I do enjoy watching skincare by Hiram. I know Hiram is like probably one of the more popular people in like the skincare industry. So, you know, it feels, um, I'm not like, you know, finding these like underground skincare influencers. I, I literally just watch who's popular, but I think Hiram is a really good 
and sort of good source of knowledge and he's not like a youtuber who just feels like he's selling out like he genuinely feels like he is trying to provide support and knowledge on all things skincare and so for me someone who isn't that knowledgeable who has only just gone into it over the last like you know two and a half years or so um, he has been a great sort of go-to person to watch when I'm trying to learn more about the products that I'm buying and what types of things I should be avoiding and stuff like that. And so, you know, if you if you want to get a better sense of like what your skincare routine should look like and like what you should be, how these things work, like I said, the moisture and like how the toner and the serum sort of balance each other out and stuff like that, definitely go watch him and don't <laughs> listen to everything on here. I'm, I'm just like, like I said, I'm just retaining information from memory. Um, and so that's, that's where I began, you know, very minimalistic, like I said, three steps, cleanser slash toner and then a moisturizer and it it felt good to at least at least like I said begin like washing my face more seriously because using the bar of soap just wasn't cutting it and it's it's like really bad that I was using a bar of soap in particular because it, like bars of soap have been like known to like dry out your skin and so not only do I have like a dry slash normal skin type but I was only I wasn't doing anything to help it. I, in fact, I was probably making it more dry. So no wonder my face always looked red and like chapped during the winter because I just, there was no moisturizer. There was no moisture um, being retained by the skin. So like I said, that was kind of the process to begin. And then as I became more like interested, like I said, as I saw more things on like Twitter and YouTube, it sort of felt like skincare at least like within like our generation was starting to like blow up more and become more of like something that people were invested in. And I, I had by that point, this is like sort of, I guess like by like the end of my senior year, I, I'd warmed up to the fact that like skincare is for everyone and that it's not just like for people who like want to look better. Like, no, it's like meant for like your own health and wellness and so once I like warmed up to that fact and realized like okay this is something I need to make sure it's part of my daily routine and it's not just like something I do when I'm breaking out I started to do a little bit more research and was like okay well what what products can I add to my routine that are going to address things like redness or things like blackheads um, and to paint a little picture that my main sort of like trouble areas when it comes to skincare are definitely like blackheads like in and around my t-zone and for those that don't know what the t-zone is it's kind of like your nose um like a little bit of your forehead and, and just like if you imagine like drawing like a t like straight from your forehead down to your nose and then you know across your forehead that's kind of like what your t-zone is um and so i struggle with blackheads on my nose i always have and it's probably because i just like they built up over time and I wasn't washing my face enough so they they've just kind of been like you know hibernating in my nose um and I also struggle with redness on my cheeks like really badly and for a while um I I had like really bad crow's feet in and around my eyes like my my eyes were starting to get like heavy wrinkles and so those were kind of like three key areas that I was like okay these are things I want to address let's start to take them a little bit more seriously and let's start to look into products and ingredients that can um, kind of help soothe and alleviate these 
problems as, as best as we can. Um, and so my next kind of step was I began incorporating a more sort of serious serum. And this was mainly to kind of address redness. Um, the brand that I started off with was The Ordinary. And I think I was using their like hyaluronic acid serum. And The Ordinary is a super, super cool brand. Um, if you are listening to this and you know about skincare or you have a skincare routine, you probably have, you probably are familiar with The, the Ordinary. Um, they are an affordable brand, like much more affordable than a lot of other skincare products. And they make a whole host of products ranging from like moisturizers to different like actives and serums and toners all the way down to, I think they have like certain masks and stuff like that. And the serum that I was using, like I said, was this like hyaluronic acid and Hyaluronic acid is a super popular ingredient in a lot of skincare routines and, and products. Um, it does a good job of sort of locking in that moisture and does a really good job of hydrating the skin. So I, like I said, I added that into my routine and would use it right after cleansing so that I could try and minimize the amount of redness that was showing up and trying to sort of promote a bit more of like a glow. Um, and so it works really well after you cleanse and then you want to sort of instantly use a moisturizer after applying the serum because that, like I said, helps to, I just keep saying it, like lock it in, lock in the hydration. Um, God, it feels like this is like a sponsored post where I just keep saying like the three, like same phrases all over. Um, but it's true it, that, you know, that's the purpose. It, it locks it in. Um. And so the ordinary, like I said, I used it. I started to see a little bit better results. Um, my skin just also felt smoother, which is really nice. Um, not that I was constantly like touching my skin, but right after um, applying the product, you can definitely notice that your skin just like feels smoother, um, and there is a bit more of like a dewy kind of like glow look to it. Um, and so that was something that was very kind of appealing for me. And I made sure that I kind of kept up with including a serum into my routine. Um, but that being said, I, I still was at a point where I wasn't too happy with the results I was achieving. Like I, I definitely was feeling better by the fact that I was doing something like to begin with. Like I, I finally was taking care of my skin in a way that I thought was you know, beneficial for me, but I was still struggling with the blackheads. I, my crow's feet and my wrinkles around my eyes were still like awful. And to the point where like whenever I smiled or like was taking, asked to like have my picture taken, I felt so insecure. And so I was like, okay, like this needs to stop. I need to figure out a way, whether it's like an eye cream or like a, an oil or something that I can add into my routine so that I can address this because it's making me feel super insecure and I've always I've always like never really enjoyed getting my picture taken um but I don't like that about me because I'm always whenever I'm like struggling to like find a picture for like a fucking like resume or something or you know a stupid like LinkedIn profile or, or whatever it may be whenever you're like looking for a headshot or something like I can never find it because I just simply don't have my picture taken like ever um, and it's because I feel insecure about smiling. So with all that being in mind, I was like, all right, let's 
let's, you know, keep this process going. Let's keep up the research. Let's move on to adding in some new routines, looking at some new ingredients, figuring out if the skincare that I'm using right now is working or if I should transition to some new products that will help, like I said, alleviate these problems. And so this is where I found this, I guess you could call it like a service, skincare service, skincare company. I don't know how they exactly identify themselves, but it's a company called Haldi, spelled H-A-L-D-I. I became familiar with this company through Instagram. I think someone I was following at the time posted about it on their story, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And what drew my eye to them was that it looked like it was like personalized skincare. And I know there are a ton of brands out there that have like personalized skincare, like things like Curology, um, and I think what else is there, like SkinCeuticals or whatever. Um, all these different brands where like you fill out your information and they try and like tailor a routine towards your needs. And I, I was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, let me at least test this out. Maybe I'll just use it once. Maybe I'll hate it. Maybe it'll be super expensive. Who knows? But I figured, let me talk to some like skincare professionals who know what they're doing because I was really just figuring all, out this on my own by like watching YouTube videos and I finally wanted to talk to someone who might be able to recommend products that are that are a little bit better for my skin. So basically the way Haldi works is you fill out a survey. You include like a selfie so that they can like see what your skin looks like. So that was like super awkward for me. Um, but you basically talk about like what type, what is your skin type? So for me, I said it was like dry to normal. And then they say, what are you struggling with? So I said blackheads, redness, um, you know, wrinkles around my eyes and stuff like that. Um, and then they ask you for your current routine so that they can compare it to products that they would normally recommend. Um, and then you include your budget. So the really good thing about Haldi, and I wish this was like a sponsored post because they're sick and that would be so cool to be sponsored by them. But the point is the really cool thing about Haldi is there's no like minimum so you you enter your budget and they will recommend products as best they can to align with your budget so at the time you know i wasn't spending that much i was probably spending like upwards of like 40 dollars every three months or like whenever the products would run out so really not that much um but i was like you know what let me splurge a little bit let me take this a little bit more seriously so i put like 80 dollars as my starting budget just because i was curious to see what they could recommend and you know how much more I could get in terms of um, out of these products if I sort of upped my my budget. And so I filled out the survey, and it took about like a week to hear back from them because I think they're a super small team. So you know it must take a lot of time for them to read through these surveys because I assume they're getting quite a lot of responses. And it was super cool. I could tell that it wasn't just like a bot that responded to me. Like it was a physical person behind the computer saying like, "Hey, Alex, like thank you so much for." telling us about your routine. Um, you know, it seems like you're off to a good start, but here are some new products that we think would be beneficial for you. And so that was, that just like felt good knowing that like someone was taking the time to look and analyze at what I was doing and now wanted to help me sort of reach next steps. And so in their first recommendation, they basically like trashed my routine. They were like the skincare, like the cleanser you're using, the moisturizer, moisturizer you're using have like all these like really shitty ingredients that aren't really doing much for you. Um, the big thing they noticed was that um, in my moisturizer at the time, there were like parabens in it, which are apparently are like banned in Europe and they're just like not healthy and don't really do much for your skin. 
Um, and so they recommended a new moisturizer, they recommended a new cleanser, um, and they recommended some new things that I had never even thought about. And it's funny now, considering where I'm at, uh, thinking that I never even thought about these products because they were like, Alex, like, where's your, where's your sunscreen? And I was like, wait, what? Where's my sunscreen? And what you'll soon realize when you first get into skincare is that sunscreen is vital. Like it is, it, it might actually be the most important step in your entire routine because the UV rays are harmful to your skin. You know, obviously skin cancer is a huge problem in, you know, in our, in our lifetime because, you know, when you're constantly exposed to the skin, if you're not protecting it from those UV rays, um, your skin's just going to break down over time and you're going to be more susceptible to, like I said, things like skin cancer or just like really bad aging, wrinkling, stuff like that. And so I never even thought, I, you know, skincare, or sorry, skincare, sunscreen was always just a thing like, oh yeah, I'm going to the beach, so let me put on sunscreen, like, because it's hot, I don't want to get burnt. But no, like you, sunscreen needs to be a daily thing that you're putting on and I'd never thought about it. And so when they recommended that to me, I was like, oh shit, like, okay, yeah, maybe this explains why, like, I'm fucking wrinkly as hell. Because, um, you know, I'm walking around New York City all day, every day, without protecting my skin from the sun. So that was a really good recommendation that they made. Um, they also recommended to me rosehip oil. So I, like I said, I, I've always been skeptical because, like, skincare, there are so many products out there, so many brands, and all these like oils, it, it just felt like extra, like why do I need this? Um, but I was glad that they recommended this to me and the brand that they recommended to me is called Pi, P-A-I. Um, and this rosehip oil is meant to sort of prevent aging. Um, it helps with sort of like smoothing out wrinkles. Um, and basically what you do is you apply it like right before bed. So you, you know, you cleanse, you put your toner on, you put your moisturizer on, maybe you exfoliate in between there, but then right before bed, you're gonna put on this rosehip oil and you don't put that much on, you just kind of like sprinkle a little bit on your fingertips and then you just pat it into your skin. And I'll usually put it, so like I said, sort of around my eyes, um, around my cheeks, anywhere where those like wrinkles kind of form, um, that's where I would put it. And so it was a really cool recommendation, never heard of rosehip oil, probably because I'm just like, uneducated, uncultured, um, but I was glad to see that, and it was it was cool to see, like, a new product that I'd never heard of being incorporated into my routine, so after that initial healthy survey, my routine was completely new, I had completely new products, and it was all within that $80 budget, so, you know, I didn't feel like I was going overboard, I didn't feel like I was being pressured into buying things I didn't want to be sort of buying, and I felt great. I, I did the routine for, you know, how, for like about a month, um, just to test it out. And what was cool is that Haldi's, the representative from Haldi, like reached out to me after about a month and they said, Hey, like, how's it going? Like, give us updates, tell us what it's working, what's not. And I was like, yeah, like it's, I actually do feel much better. I see a little bit more noticeable difference with the wrinkles around my eyes. Um, but the you know the blackheads are still still a problem. I'm not really seeing much progress on that front. So as a result of that, they recommended to me a new exfoliator um, to sort of help with sort of the stripping of dead skin scalp, dead skin cells, um, sort of around my T zone, and that would sort of help unclog pores, which is sort of a large reason why blackheads form in the first place. And so now I'm at a point where 
<laughs> I'm I'm like addicted to skincare and as I said earlier like I it's not even because like I've seen crazy huge results like I'm still I do not have the best skin in the world in fact like I just have so many freckles on my face that like it's hard for my skin to like even like look flawless like there's some people out there like skincare influencers or even just people who are not skincare influencers who just do a really good job of taking care of their skin that have the most gorgeous skin in the world with like not a single dot on their face um their face is always glowing it always looks very like natural and and, and very like youthful looking and while i desire to get to that point um i sort of accepted the fact that it, it probably won't happen because i i just have so many like natural blemishes on my face that that aren't like acne and they're not bumps or anything but they're they're just freckles that are kind of placed in the wrong spot. And so, you know, it that just happens to be the case. But I want to now talk about sort of where my skincare routine is right now, the products, the specific products I'm using and why I like them so much. Okay, so we're finally at the point now where I wanted to talk about my current routine and sort of both my morning and nighttime routines and what this looks like and what type of products I'm using. For the most part, it's pretty simple, um, both morning and night, and the main thing I try to focus on, especially in the morning when I wake up, is hydrating my skin. So to begin, um, I usually clean my skin, or sorry, I usually cleanse my skin in the shower, um, and for that I've been using the Youth to the People Green Tea and Spinach Superfood Cleanser. This cleanser, I would say, is a little bit more expensive than I would normally want a cleanser to be. It retails around like $36 for an 8-ounce bottle. However, this cleanser legitimately feels like a liquid dream when I'm applying it to my face. Um, I can constantly feel the dirt and the grime sort of being washed away, and once I wash my face with the water and clean it all off and pat my face dry, I just like feel rejuvenated. It's sort of hard to explain, but I would say that it just feels so, so good on my face, and I don't feel like I'm stripping away at the skin, which is super key when I'm looking for a cleanser that I'm trying out. Um, once I've cleansed, I typically follow that up with another Youth to the People product, which is their Superfood Hydrate and Firm Peptide Eye Cream. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, eye creams, I would say, they're not, I wouldn't classify them as like essential for a skincare routine by any means. A lot of people in the skincare community would call them like glamorized moisturizers, which they technically are. That's, you know, no fault in that. But... I find that this eye cream does wonders for me. It's very rich, very nourishing, um, delivers sort of all the vital nutrients you're looking for with a blend of things like aloe vera, sunflower oil, um, series of reparative vitamins. And something that's super key that I love is that the cream contains hyaluronic acid, which is known to sort of lock in the skin's natural moisture. And that's perfect for me. Um, because I, the reason I'm using an eye cream in the first place is because I'm trying to eliminate those wrinkles, sort of the anti-aging around my eyes. I'm trying to rejuvenate it. <laughs> For, you know, you might as well refer to it that way. And so it's really supportive in, in that respect. Um, and another one of the ingredients that's part of the cream is sort of this peptide 5 ingredient, which supports natural collagen production. So it's really good at sort of boosting and plumping the overall appearance of the skin under and around the eyes, which is what I'm looking for. So that's why I have it as a part of a step in my routine. Um, 
Once I've applied the eye cream, I then move on to exfoliation where I'm currently using the brand Paula's Choice. The specific product I'm using is Paula's Choice BHA Liquid Exfoliant, which I know um, and has been referred to as like an extremely popular product and a cult favorite among the skincare community. I personally find that this exfoliator, it, it does do a really good job of clearing and minimizing sort of my pores, um, which is important for someone like me, who is someone that struggles with blackheads around my nose. I tend to use it every day, but if you're thinking of trying it out, I would recommend that you start off using it like twice a week. And the reason that I say that is because when you're trying a new product, you don't want to purge your skin right off the bat. And new skincare products that contain new ingredients that your skin is not used to can tend to sort of like overload your skin, which can lead to negative effects um, in the form of like acne or, or random breakouts or redness if your skin is sensitive, which for the most part, all of us, all of our skins, all of our skins, <laughs> I don't know if that's even the right way to say it or put it, but you know, everyone's skin is sensitive. So when you're trying these new ingredients, right, you want to be cautious of that and, and make sure that even if the bottle, like I actually think this Polish Choice bottle says like, oh, use every day, sometimes even twice a day, which is first of all ridiculous. You don't need to exfoliate twice a day. But the point being is when you try it and if you haven't used these types of ingredients before, make sure you kind of ease into it so that you're not purging your skin. Um, so after exfoliation, there are three more steps that are part of my morning routine. These include using a serum, following that up with some moisturizer, and then applying, of course, a sunscreen. Um, so the serum I'm trying out right now is a Korean skincare brand, which I'm definitely going to butcher the name, but I'll give it a go, called Beauty of Joseon. Um, definitely check them out. Korean skincare is unique in that um, a lot of their kind of ingredients are very minimal, but they use like really, really good ingredients. And one of the ingredients that's in the serum, um, which I love, is niacinamide. Um, don't ask me what niacinamide is. I don't fully know. I just know it's really good for your skin, really good at absorbing moisture, um, sort of evening out the tone of the skin. And the Beauty of Joseon brand has a couple of different serums. The one that I'm currently using is called the Repair Serum. And while I've only used it for about a week now, um, I definitely think it's working. However, I wouldn't be, if you're if you're in the market for a new serum, I, I wouldn't be too stingy about like finding a really, really good one. I feel like most of them are sort of all created equal. Um, you know, maybe fact check me on that, but I, I don't think it's important to spend a, a crazy amount on a serum. I think it's better to if you're going to invest a little bit more, um, you know, maybe invest more in like a nice exfoliator or a nice moisturizer, something like that. Um, I don't think the serum is crazy important. I could be wrong though. So maybe do a little bit of research before you check. Um, if you want recommendations for cheaper serums, I would suggest The Ordinary. Like I said earlier in the pod, they've got a really good line of, of different sort of actives and, and toners and serums that you can apply that are that are very cheap compared to other things out on the market right now. Um, and then after the serum, I, you know, I want to lock in that hydration. And in order to do so, I make sure that I use a moisturizer. As far as the moisturizer goes, I was recommended this brand called January Labs. And the product I'm using from their line is called the January Labs Moisture Balancing Lotion. Super nourishing, uh, super lightweight lotion I found that is entirely plant-based, which hashtag we love because 
you know, we want to save the environment, so anything plant-based is lovely. Um, and it contains some of my favorite ingredients, which includes things like squalene, um, and then a bunch of oils like shea oil, avocado oil, linseed oil. Really good. Really, um, like I said, smooth moisturizer that kind of solves for deep hydration, which is good for me because in the winter, especially, um, luckily I'm, well, I don't want to say luckily I'm down in South Carolina, but normally I would be in New York City, right? And so in the winter there, it gets super cold and your face dries out super, super quickly. Um, you often get chapped lips and all that good stuff. And so it's key to make sure that you are hydrating your skin. And so finding a good moisturizer for like harsh winters, wherever you might live is important. Um, and so I find that this January Labs uh, moisturizer has been really good for me. Uh, it's a little pricey again. It's I think it retails around like $20 a bottle. Um, bottle usually lasts me like three months though. So it's not terrible in that respect. But um, if you're looking for like a little cheaper moisturizer, um, you can't really go wrong, but um, this is this is a product where I'm like okay spending a little bit more because I like I said I care deeply about making sure my skin feels like nourished and and not not too dry. Um, and finally, to kind of end the routine, the most essential part in my mind is the sunscreen, um, in which I'm currently using another Korean skincare brand called Purito, and from there I'm using the Centella Green Level unscented sunscreen um, a little bit about this sunscreen it's you know it the, the best part about it for me is that it, it doesn't feel chalky when i apply it it doesn't leave like a white residue or anything like that which some sunscreens can do um, you often i know like growing up i'd always like i would obviously put on sunscreen like when i go to the beach and shit like that but i it always just like felt kind of gross you know you felt like kind of sticky putting on sunscreen um so when i was when i Figure, found out that like okay you need to have a sunscreen in your skincare routine I wanted to make sure I found something that wasn't gonna like leave me feeling like that and so far this product hasn't done that so it's really good um, unscented is key for me I tend to kind of steer clear of scented skincare products largely because the, the ingredients that like go into kind of like creating that scent or like formulating that scent often are just like added ingredients that you really don't need to be um, applying to your skin. So it, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Um, you know, I guess it makes you smell nice, but um, you know, that's what cologne is for or like perfume. So I don't need scent in my, in my skincare. So nor do you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my morning routine in a nutshell. It might seem like a lot, but I was, I just wanted to make sure I kind of touched a little bit on the benefits of each product that I'm using. And then as for my evening routine, nothing changes a whole lot. There's a couple of products that I kind of mix and match in, but I'll, I'll run down the list really quickly. So I start off, of course, by cleansing my face. Um, and I, I tend to apply evening skincare, usually like 30 to 45 minutes before bed. Um, you know, this, I try to make sure I do it at night, every night, it, it's sometimes hard it's, I find it easier to apply skincare in the morning because like you shower and then you just like do it as you're like putting on your deodorant and all that stuff. So it's like, it just feels very natural. But when you're like getting ready for bed, it's like, oh, like I have to go and put on skincare. Um, but it's important because overnight is when your skin does a lot of like healing. And this is when you can apply like a lot of treatment based products. So it's a good time to, uh, you know, apply your skincare. So 
like I said, I start off with that Youth to the People cleanser. Um, from there, I will apply my eye cream. Right now, so I usually use that same eye cream, the one that I talked about in my morning routine. However, I was recently sent um, sort of like a trial product from Youth to the People for one of their new skincare products, um, which is the Superberry Dream Eye Cream. So this, this eye cream is really only meant to be applied at night and it's meant to give sort of like a complete like eye recovery treatment at night as opposed to using an eye cream for both morning and night. Um, and I've loved it so far. It's, it uses a, like a really unique formula. Um, this is from their website. It says that harnesses the power of high-tech goji stem cell, plant-based ceramides, vegan hyaluronic acid, and THD acerbate and then in parentheses vitamin c um so i'm no skincare specialist so like i don't know the benefits of all those different types of things but um i definitely am a guinea pig so i've been trying this as like a little bit of a test and i love it i find that it, it's working really well i don't anticipate that i'm going to buy it like once it comes out and include it in my routine because i don't i don't see how it's um since I'm already using an eye cream, it's not like adding anything, you know what I mean? So I, I imagine that um, I'll just return back to using the one that I'm using in the morning. Um, but either way, it's a really cool eye cream if you're thinking of trying something out. Um, it just happens to be a little bit expensive. However, you to the people, this brand that I keep harping on, um, their stuff is a little expensive. I'm not gonna um, deny that and I know um, skincare isn't always like accessible, so I really want to. I don't want to just be like advertising expensive products. But the reason it's a little bit more expensive than other brands is because they really have spent the time exploring, researching, and finding products that are really sort of restorative and um, like healthy and and really really good products that are known to um, be beneficial for your skin. So that's why you know you're. You're paying a little bit more, but you're getting a whole lot out of it. So, you know, I'll definitely always sort of vouch for them in that respect. Um, but then after the eye cream, I tend to follow up with a serum, that same one that I use in the morning, that Beauty of Jusane Repair Serum. And then I'll usually follow that up with moisturizer, the same one that I use in the morning. There's no, no need to change out moisturizers. And then I often have been using a rosehip oil so this oil is interesting because i mean it's it's really meant the point of like adding like a face oil is to kind of at least for me is to sort of improve firmness around in and around like my eyes on my cheeks and to help even out skin tone so for a while i was using um, the Rosehip Bio Regenerate Oil from the brand Pi, P-A-I. Um, and I love this. I love this oil. It felt really good when I applied it at night. Um, it was great for sort of like soothing sensitivity. Like I said, I kind of struggle a little bit from like red and rosy cheeks and stuff like that. Um, does a good job of repairing sun damage, stuff like that. However, this this skin this uh, skincare product is super super expensive for the size that it comes in. So for like a travel ten milliliter size, it was thirty dollars. And while that you know, like I said, I'm sure it's worth the cost. Whatever, 
Um, but that's way too expensive for me for a product that I'm only using like such a tiny amount of. So I have since transitioned to a different rosehip oil, which is the rosehip seed oil from The Ordinary. This, um, I've been told the ingredients aren't as good in this, but it kind of plays like the same role as the other rosehip oil that I was using. So I'm not too concerned about whether or not the products or whether or not the ingredients are as good, but it's much cheaper. It's only about like $7 a bottle and it actually comes in a bigger bottle as well. So you, you're paying less, you're getting more. And I think it does like the same things. Um, and so I like the oil, I like using it. It gives me a bit of a glow, gives me, like I said, it repairs some damage, um, helps with firmness around the eyes. So I'll, I'll kind of like, the way I apply it is I'll put a couple, like it comes uh, in like a little bottle, I'll put a little uh, couple of drops using like a dropper on my fingertips. And then I'll just like push it into the skin in the areas that I want to um, kind of like firm up. So that's usually like around my eyes, um, on my cheeks, a little bit on my forehead. Um, and that's really it for the evening. Um, I don't tend to exfoliate at night, although there's, there's a lot of debate on like, should you exfoliate at night or in the morning? I just do it in the morning. Um, I don't know what's best, whatever you happen to be doing, I'm sure it works well for you. I don't think there's a whole lot of research on like what is best. Maybe it's supposed to be at night. I don't know. Um, I haven't found a clear consensus on that. Um, but to wrap up this segment, cause I know I've been talking about skincare forever and you're probably like all right like get on with this like we don't actually care anymore um you might have already turned off the pod but i wanted to wrap up by talking about two more products that i use in my skincare routine but that i don't use um daily i use them more as like weekly kind of like spot treatment products um and the first product uh once again is from youth to the people Youth to the People absolutely needs to sponsor this podcast because um, I use all their fucking shit. So at Youth to the People, I love you. And if you want to sponsor, um, message me. <laughs> but the product that I'm using from them is the Yerba Mate Resurfacing Energy Facial. This is a really, really cool product. Um, I love the way it feels on my skin when I'm using it. Um, I'll just quickly read the description from their website because I think it's important to talk about. So it says, this dual action microdermabrasion facial breaks down dead skin cells with active enzymes, papaya and pineapple, while sustainable microexfoliants, bamboo and diatomaceous earth, smooth skin texture. That's a mouthful, um, but this, this facial, I'll use it in the morning after like if my skin's feeling kind of gross my skin's feeling kind of dry it's feeling kind of down it's not feeling very smooth it feels bumpy i will use this um, after i cleanse and it makes my skin feel so much softer so much more smoother and i can kind of it definitely clears up my pores a little bit so i love that for me um i'll love it for you if you happen to end up using this product but it's definitely worth it it's a little expensive once again but you're, for me, I'm only using it maybe once, maybe twice a week if I feel like it's necessary. Um, so the sort of like the box that it comes in lasts a long time. So I'm not, I don't feel like, you know, I've, I've paid a lot up front, but it's not um, running out. So I, I don't feel myself like, you know, having to constantly refill or anything like that. And then the second product and the last thing I'll talk about before moving on to the next segment of the pod is this pixie glow mud mask so i was never a huge fan of masks i never felt like they were doing much for me i tried i've tried a couple i did like the fucking like charcoal mask craze where you like rip it off your face after you apply it 
that shit would, like never worked for me. It didn't do anything. It felt like a huge scam. So don't fall into those like Instagram traps where you like <laughs> watch videos of people like pulling off their blackheads because it like isn't, it doesn't work. At least for me, it doesn't. Maybe for you it will. Who knows? But this Pixie Glow Mud Mask that I've used, I think twice now, um, I only recently just got it. It's sort of like a, a 15 minute facial that is clay based, which is really cool. Um, and I find that it's a really good job of sort of drawing out um, sort of like dirt and grime and, and really helps me recapture my skin's clarity. And it also feels like fucking amazing when you put it on your skin, um, super soft. By the time it dries, you go and wash it off with water. And I don't know, like I, I actually put one on last night and my skin this morning feels so, so soft. And I just like can't top, stop touching my skin, which is really bad for you, but I, it just feels nice. So I can't help myself. Um, but this is more like a, kind of like a spot treatment. Like if my, once again, like if my skin is feeling kind of gross or I feel like I'm experiencing a breakout or something like that, um, throwing on this mask at night is sort of what has helped me at least like mitigate slash like reduce the impact of a breakout i wouldn't say it's like ever stopped one but it does a good job of um sort of reducing like the blemishes that would come with an associated breakout so i like it i think it's really good and that'll be sort of the last product that i talk about but before i sort of get off this kind of skincare regimen topic um i just wanted to say that you know, I think I think starting skincare, if you haven't already started a routine, I think starting it can feel kind of scary. You don't know where to start, um, and that's perfectly okay. That's sort of the situation that I found myself in um, about a year or so ago. But I think if you if you don't have a routine and you're thinking like, oh, do I really need to do it? I think the answer is yes, because it's important to begin to start sort of like protecting your skin against the harmful effects, like I said, of, of UV rays and and you just want to make sure that you're treating your skin well. Um, I know from my point of view, I've accepted the fact that like skincare isn't going to like make me more attractive. Like I'm, I'm ugly, like I'm fucking ugly as hell. And that's why I'm, I'm not using skincare for that reason. I'm using it for the fact that like, I want to make sure that I'm treating my skin well. And I want to make sure that I'm using products that will, that my body will appreciate. And so you know, there, there's plenty of reasons to get into it, no matter what your motivation is. I think it's important. And even if you're just starting off as simple as using a cleanser, a moisturizer, an exfoliant, or whatever your, you know, go-to products are, um, I don't think you can go wrong in that sense. And definitely, if you're feeling stuck, um, maybe this maybe this episode will be a bit of an inspiration. But like I said, I am not licensed to talk about any of this stuff, so I could easily be talking out of my ass for the most part. So my biggest recommendation would be to go and search on YouTube. Definitely look up um, skin. I think it's channel skincare by Hiram. Uh, Hiram is spelled H-Y-R-A-M, I think. It'll probably come up if you just type like skincare. He's like probably the most uh, like popular skincare influencer, so it, it should show up. But either way, um, watching a couple of his videos will really give you a good idea of where to start um, and sort of what products you should using on your skin when you first start off so hopefully that helps but now i wanted to get into sort of like the second segment of this episode which is talking about uh, other s words that i'm interested in and like passionate about and the first s word after skincare that i wanted to talk about um are skirts and you're probably like why does alex want to be talking about skirts um well 
the short answer is I'm I'm obsessed and I I want a skirt, right? I I've sort of been inspired by I guess like seeing Harry Styles. Um, I haven't apparently someone like messaged me that they're like, have you seen like these like TikTok boys wearing skirts? Um, I'm not on TikTok, so I actually haven't, so I can't say I'm inspired by them. But I, you know, the the whole like situation with Harry Styles of like getting all this like shit from stupid politicians and like republicans and all that bullshit about being like oh like he's not a manly man it's like first of all like fashion in general should not be tied or attached to gender like that's ridiculous like we all wear clothes clothes are clothes um and they should be treated that way so he shouldn't you know it's it's crazy the amount of like hate he's gotten um but i think you know he's rocking everything that he's wearing and he looks amazing like in the dresses and the skirts and, and everything he's been wearing for those different sort of magazine covers and stuff like that um and i i don't know what it is about skirts in particular but i i just like love the way they look on anyone um i am so like it's hilarious like i feel like i'm like falling into back into like tumblr days but i'm like so obsessed with like the simplicity of wearing like a tennis skirt right and having like an oversized sweater or sweatshirt over it um and then having like a little like collared shirt kind of like popping out underneath the sweater i think that look is super cute man i know it's a bit of like an e-girl look or whatever um whatever an e-girl is these days but i i don't know i just find it super cute and so i've been on this like crazy skirt binge trying to find a skirt online that i can purchase so that i can try it on um i don't I don't own a skirt yet. Um, I don't think my sister has any skirts down here either, so I haven't been able to, like, try them on. And I don't, actually don't think my mom has any either. And so I've been on this, like, hunt to find a skirt because I want to wear that outfit that I just described. Um, and so, lucky for you, I was on Depop the other day. Actually, I'll tell, I'll tell it's a bit of a, like, two-part story. So I was on Depop because um, that's where I've been sort of searching for clothes a lot more recently. Um, I don't, I haven't really bought any clothes during quarantine. Um, I used to be like a huge like ASOS boy, um, and I still like ASOS, but I'm trying to transition more towards like vintage pieces, more thrift-based shopping, um, largely because it tends to be cheaper, which is good. Um, but it also, you know, I'm all about sort of um, the recycling of clothes, and I don't want to be contributing to fast fashion anymore so I'm I try to only like shop on ASOS when I'm looking for like a really specific item um and I want my wardrobe to more be kind of diverse and I find that through thrifting you can certainly make that a reality and so um while I don't have like access to well there are thrift stores down here in South Carolina but um I don't have a car to use all that often and so i haven't really slash i don't even want to like leave the house because i just don't trust people down here because they don't believe in covid so with all that in mind um i've been using depop to just kind of like save and look at items because um, you can usually find pretty good stuff on there um from my experience so far using the app and i just typed in like tennis skirt into the search bar and there were a couple of different i mean there's plenty of skirts on there um but since it's my first time buying one i'm not trying to buy something super expensive because what if i don't like it um right and so i don't want it to just go to waste 
So I initially found this actually really cute, like two piece set. It was like a Brandy Melville. It was like a little like crop top and skirt combo. And it was like plaid and it was like, I think it was purple. I'm disclaimer, I'm colorblind. So it might've been purple. It might've been blue. I don't know. Um, but I messaged the girl and was like, Hey, like, I know this might seem awkward, but like, I am like in the market for a skirt and this looks super dope. And I was wondering like what size it is because it said, um, I think it said like size zero. And since I'm, I'm not yet quite familiar with like girls sizes, I just wasn't sure like what size waist that like reflected. Um, and unfortunately she was like, yeah, this usually equates to like a size like 26 in jeans. And I usually fall around like size 30. Um, so I figured it probably was going to be too small. Um, so that really bummed me out. I was like, fuck, like I'm, I found like this cute, you know, like skirt and top combo. This would have been so sick to wear. Um, but then I felt a little, a little discouraged after that. I was like, oh man, like I'm never going to find like something as cool as that. But I just continued on and what I ended up doing was I just went with the classic white tennis skirt. I found someone selling it for about like $15 and it was in what I hope is my size. She listed it as size. Uh, it wasn't listed as a size. She listed the waist uh, measurement and it was listed as 30. So I'm praying this fits. Um, I have no idea if it will. I hope it does. But it's just like a cute little like white tennis skirt. Very, you know, very typical look. Um, and I'm excited. I ordered it about like a few days ago. I imagine it may get here at the end of this week, maybe early next week. Um, and I'm definitely going to put together an outfit and take some pictures and hopefully like it. Um, I, like I said, I, my fashion taste has, I would never say it's been that good. Um, certainly I never cared about fashion up until like end of high school. And even then I've like gone back and looked at photos of myself and like, I, I didn't know what I was wearing. I was wearing like fucking like skinny jeans and like thinking that I looked cool. Um, but I certainly think that I sort of leveled up once I got to college and was like in New York and like had more freedom to like be who I wanted to be. And, um, I definitely took fashion a little bit more seriously to the point where, you know, I, I felt like I had okay fashion. I definitely didn't have the best fashion in the world. I was never the best dressed or anything like that. Um, but I felt like I discovered a bit of a style for myself. Um, I'm a huge, like, turtleneck boy. During the summer, you'll always catch me wearing, like, tucked in tees. And um, I, like, hate, I kind of hate shorts. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll wear jorts. I'll wear, like, you know, a short, short moment. But I often will just, like, wear pants and, like, a tucked in tee. And but I would always see people in skirts and I'm like, I am so jealous. Like that looks so good on you. And so we'll see. I, I definitely just want to become more confident, um, in the way I dress. Like I, I really, one of my like goals, I guess for like 2021 and, and just moving forward in general is to, is to just like not feel scared and like my appearance, like I've, I've dealt with like such awful like low self-esteem and like self-doubt um when it comes to like the way I look and like body image and all that stuff and I I want to improve on that like I I don't want to be scared to like wear something cool or wear something different or um you know I I just I think like you know the way that like Harry Styles to to go back to that the way he's like treating this um and being like you know like this is who I am and like this is what I want to wear like I think that's um, I guess like inspirational in, in, in some respects. So 
we'll see what's to come with the skirt. Um, I'm eager to try it on. I'm eager to see how it looks. Um, we'll see maybe next summer if things have slowly gone back to normal. Um, you know, fingers crossed. Don't want to <laughs> don't want to jinx anything. Um, but you know, maybe I'll feel confident to you know show up in Brooklyn Bridge Park wearing skirt and looking good who knows we'll see more to come from that um but yeah that was my little sort of segment on skirts to wrap up the pod because i know this has been a little bit of a longer one than the prior two episodes um but i just you know clearly have a lot to say about skincare um had a little bit to say about skirts there um the final s word and i guess this kind of goes along with my last point that i just made um that i wanted to talk about is social media um and my main sort of point that I wanted to, I guess, rant on or, you know, touch base on is just like how my relationship with social media has changed a lot over the years. And I, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's a lot for me to like get off on my chest. And the way I sort of treat this pod, if you haven't already figured it out, is like this, I don't know, the way I kind of treat it is like, it's, it feels sort of like my own personal like diary or like journal. Um, and I just don't have the effort to sit down and write in a book. So I'm like spewing it out over a microphone onto my laptop and for some crazy reason, sharing it with the world. So, um, if, if this starts to feel like I'm just like talking to myself or it's like getting too personal, it's, it's probably why that's probably, you know, that's that's sort of the field that it has, this podcast has evolved into. But, um, as far as social media goes, um, the main one I wanted to talk about is, is Instagram because I feel like like Facebook don't really use Facebook is great because I use it for birthdays, but at this point I should probably just like deactivate it because I I've done my best that whenever I see like a good friend of mine or someone that I consider to be a good friend that I want to like say happy birthday to, I immediately then when I get that Facebook notification, I'll put it in my Google calendar and make sure that it, it just continuously repeats every single year so that I get a notification for it on my phone um, and that maybe that'll allow me to get rid of Facebook, but also Facebook is good for like events and shit. So maybe I'll just keep it, but like, I don't know if there's a way to like pause your profile. I don't know. I just know like fucking Mark Zuckerberg is like stealing my information and, um, if he hasn't already, so we'll see if I'll get rid of that. But the main, uh, social media platform that I want to talk about is Instagram, um, largely because I love Twitter. I love using Twitter. I don't have a problem with Twitter. I've never like deleted Twitter because I don't like using it. So whereas with Instagram, Instagram and I have like the worst relationship in the history of relationships. Um, and by the end of me talking about this, I'm hoping that um, the point I'll, I'll want to convey is that like, I need to just stop taking social media so seriously because it it's really just meant to be like something fun. And I've definitely struggled to embrace that attitude. Um, but to to kind of touch on like where I first started with Instagram like I I'm sure I like downloaded it in high school that that was never an issue I think what it's it became more of an issue for me in college when I you know started to see more profiles of people I knew but wasn't following or like people that's at my school that I like wanted to be friends with but like they were too cool for me and and stuff like that and so Instagram really it definitely caused me to like go down these rabbit holes at night where like you would start like stalking people or you would start like looking at all these products or like even just like strangers and 
and stuff that like you knew you would never meet or you knew you could never have or like lifestyles you would never ever have and it would just cause me like so much like sadness and which is like pathetic looking back on it um but that was the truth you know like I, I I couldn't find a way to to like put down my phone I was so like consumed by like looking at all these other people's like lifestyles and stuff like that and it definitely caused me to be like oh like woe is me like my life sucks like I'm here my online profile looks terrible like I'm, I don't look cool I don't come off as cool like I look like I'm doing nothing blah 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 and um, it was just such like a toxic way to be approaching like social media and Instagram in the first place like I remember the glory days of Instagram were just like when you could like post a photo and you were like happy right and like you didn't care about like the likes and you didn't care about you know when when there were when stories weren't a thing um, and it was simply, and the algorithm worked where like you got to see the stuff from people you followed and you didn't just get all these like promoted ads and stuff. The worst thing I hate about Instagram now is the fact that like, if I'm not like constantly engaging with like all of like my friends or like all the people that I like actually really want to see their content, um, I'll, I'll miss it because it doesn't show up anymore. Like it, it'll only show you your like top like 30 accounts or else you have to like scroll forever. Um, so they definitely need to bring back like chronological scrolling because I just feel like I, I miss a lot of stuff and I miss like content that I would rather be seeing. Like, you know, like if a friend like posts like a picture of like them with their friends, like I want to see that. Like, you know, I want to see that my friend's like happy, even if, you know, I know a picture on Instagram doesn't necessarily dictate or is not, it's not a good representation of like one's well-being. Um, but still, you know, if someone posts like a cute photo, I want to see that as opposed to having to scroll for ages because I haven't interacted with their stories in like a week, you know? And so that's definitely like a stupid gripe that I have with it. Um, but I don't know, for me, I've definitely taken it way too seriously. For a while there, I used my Instagram as a main source of like a portfolio because um, if you're not too familiar with me, um, but chances are you probably are because... I doubt like I'm gonna have strangers listening to this podcast, but if you aren't, um, I I dabbled in like a lot of photography during college. Um, I tried to like do a bunch of shoots with people all throughout um, New York City and stuff like that. I went on like a bunch of different like retreats and and cool stuff. So I I mainly used the profile my profile as like a as a portfolio so that I could represent my work so that I could get clients or if I ever like I applied for a couple like internships with companies to be like their social media like coordinator slash photographer so that's what I used it for mainly um but because of that I I always felt very scared to like post personal photos on there because I was like oh no like I have to make sure my image is like curated so that um you know people are seeing my photography and they're not seeing like pictures of myself and I hated that like I fucking hated that I couldn't just have like a cool like normal Instagram um, but I felt binded by these, like, stupid guidelines that I made up in my mind, and that, like, really sucked. Um, and because of that, I, I don't know, I just, like, whenever people would, um, whenever I would, like, share my Instagram with someone, um, I'd always, I'd always have to be like, oh, yeah, like, here it is, and they'd be like, oh, like, cool, like, there's no photos of you. I'd be like, yeah, it's just, like, photos of people I've taken, um, or, yeah, photos of, yeah, people I've taken of, um, and I don't know, I just like felt like I was missing out, which is like weird too. Um, either way, I, I like didn't love that. And so recently I've decided to just like ditch the 
photographer profile completely. Um, I got, I used to have it set as like a, a business profile, but like, if I'm being completely honest, like no one ever reached out to me and asked for a shoot because they came across my Instagram. Um, largely probably because like, I'm not a good photographer, so I don't blame them. Um, but I tricked myself into believing that people would do that. So I like made a website and I made my Instagram profile a business and blah, 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 but no one ever reached out. So I decided like, if someone wanted to shoot with me, they would know to just message me and there's just no need for me to advertise this as a business profile any further. Um, cause it just comes across as for me, it just comes across as like annoying. <laughs> like I don't need to see that like photographer, like tag when I click on my profile. Um, because it, it also like reminds me that I'm a failure and that I'm not good enough. So, um, I got rid of that just recently. Um, and I think moving forward, like I just want to not take social media as seriously. Um, it should be meant to just be like a creative outlet, similar to like this, like stupid podcast, right? Like I, with my mentality going into this podcast is that I don't give a fuck about like the analytics, about the number of listeners. Like I know not many people are going to listen to it, but I'm doing it because it's making me like feel happy, right? I'm really, so far I've enjoyed the process of like recording and like editing <laughs> and I'll, you know, disclaimer, my editing is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just using GarageBand. But um, the point being is like, I'm taking like a, a very relaxed approach to it. And I think that moving forward, I want to treat like my Instagram the same. I also find that it's been really helpful for me to limit the amount of time I'm on there um, because that that prevents me from like falling into the trap of like the explore page where I could go on for hours and hours just looking at people that I don't know that like probably don't even exist. They're probably just like made up <laughs> and I don't, I don't fall my, fall my, find myself falling into those traps of like feeling like shit as much anymore. Um, and it's largely because I've put a time limit on my phone so that as soon as I hit, um, I think it's like an, 30 minutes to an hour, somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour between Twitter and Instagram, um, I can no longer use those apps. So that's been super helpful for me. Um, just limits my time that I'm on my phone, which uh, has been important in, at least in this day and age, because, um, you know, I, I have like really bad self-control um, and so even though I'm like, even if I told myself, Hey, you need to get off your phone. If I didn't have those limits in place, I don't think I could like force myself to do that. So, um, it's really good at like, you know, controlling my impulses. Um, so that's good. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I, I could probably make a whole episode on like Instagram and Instagram culture and that, you know, it's not, it's not the best, but I think at the end of the day, like people people should just treat it more fun. Um, get back to like, you know, posting photos, which a lot of people do. I think where I feel like I've missed out is the fact that I just haven't used it as like a personal page in forever. I used it as a source of business. And because of that, um, I always felt scared to post those personal photos or like post a story. Like for example, that skincare story, I, that felt so out of my element. Um, but I don't want that. I don't want to feel that way moving forward. I want to post cool things. So who knows, maybe the next Instagram post I make will be me in a skirt and being like, Hey, like this is me. Um, so we'll see, be on the lookout for that. If you don't follow me, I believe it's my username. is just my, it's just my first and last name, which is at Alex Ballington. Um, but I think it's linked that that information is linked in like the, the description page of the pod. So you can find it there. 
Um, you can also follow me on Twitter if you want to. Twitter's fun. I'll, I'll wrap this up by talking about Twitter really quick. Um, I love Twitter because I, I, I can just shit post. Um, I have, I have like a main account and then I also have a, I guess a burner account that is private and that not a whole lot of people follow. It's really just my high school friends that follow it and a couple other people. Um, but both are great. I love using both. My, my main account is hilarious because one second I'll be tweeting something like, oh, like can't wait for my Spotify wrapped to call me a twink. And then the second, and then like literally the next tweet on my profile will be like about like a climate change conference and like how we need to tax the rich and blah, blah, blah. So like the, the diversity of tweets on that account, um, are, are quite hilarious. At least I find it to be, who knows if my followers do, but, um, I don't know. Twitter's great. There's no pressure on Twitter. You just fucking post whatever you want and it's fun and I enjoy it. So yeah, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. I, I really did enjoy talking about these things. Um, this felt much more like a fun conversation. Um, I know, I mean, I enjoyed last, uh, the last episode about talking about my favorite artists cause I love music. Um, but I, you know, I worry that that first episode that I put out might've come across as like a big old like depression story. So hopefully a little bit more lighthearted content moving forward. Um, but you know, as I keep reiterating to myself, you know, I, I'm just making this for myself and if people enjoy it, they enjoy it. If they don't, they don't. Um, but either way, thank you so much for listening. Um, and as always, uh, this, this podcast should be available, um, both on Spotify and Apple podcasts and wherever you consume your podcasts, um, on your phone or on your computer. And if you could do me a favor, right, if you've enjoyed these episodes, you want to continue to support the pod, um, please feel free to leave a review on Apple podcasts that, that I think that's the only platform where you can leave a review. I don't think you can do it on Spotify. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but leaving a review on Apple podcasts is great because is as long as we continue to get five-star reviews, um, it'll boost the pods exposure, the more exposure we get, the more sponsors we get, right? Which is good for you guys. Give you some discounts. Maybe, maybe used to the people that would be sick. Um, then we could all be like skincare girlies. Um, but yeah, leave a review. I was about to say like, like, and subscribe, but I'm not a YouTuber. Um, but maybe that's in the future for me. We'll see either way. Um, thank you so much guys for listening. And as always, I'll leave it to Muna for the outro.